Hi, everyone. I'm Isabel Zimmerman, and this is June Jameson. And we are going to have a discussion around hypnosis, meditation, and really connecting with spirit. So we're going to share our story so that you can um, be sparked or be validated or just open up your curiosity around connecting with spirit. Okay, June, how, when did you connect with spirit? When did you know um, that spirit was really real? Well, first off, I better say hi. Hello. Yeah. Um, for, do you know, it's one of those strange things because it's something that I I could probably say been aware of since I was very, very young. Um, at the age of three, I remember my mom and my grandma and grandpa being horrified because I could tell them who was on the phone. I could tell them who was knocking the door. I would walk into shops apparently and say, hi, David, I'm June. And these other strangers were totally horrified because they had no idea why I would know their names. And my only real memory of that was indeed these three people sort of making excuses going like, oh, she's no idea. Oh, no, no, she's just making it up. And I suppose from that point, that was like, oh, oh, I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing. Oh, I'm making people like cross and scared. Um, things like, um, you know, I mean, silly little things that I would know before I got home what was going to be for tea. I would go to school knowing who was going to be off poorly um, and I remember thinking these things going like oh oh it's wrong I shouldn't be thinking these um, and then one of the ones that's very very sort of sticks in my head was the year Elvis Presley died mm. and I mean I was only a child I would have been, what, oh my God, nine or 10, something like that. And just walking into the room and it was so surreal because I knew that somebody had died and I felt so confused because I felt that it wasn't somebody I knew. But yet my mom and my dad were like really upset and that was so confusing for me. I was like, well, why would you be upset when it's not somebody that you know? And then not long after that, I remember getting such a row from my mum because I was trying on this black jumper and this black skirt. And she said, what are you doing? And I went, I'm, I, I need this for Aunt May's funeral. And she went, your Aunt May's not dead. And then a few hours later, she went, your grandpa's just phoned and said your aunt May's dead. Oh, my God. 
And it just, it scared the living daylights out of me. I went through so many years thinking I was a witch, thinking I was bad, thinking I was wrong, that I was different. Um, and I suppose just trying everything and anything to shut it down. Mm-hmm. And so when did I eventually give in and realise that this was something that wasn't going away? Probably, probably when my, my middle son died was really my awakening moment, so to speak. But it took me a lot of years to admit it and embrace it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, a lot of years. I think this is a really common experience with humanity that when we're very young, we remember and we have knowings and understandings, but we have we don't have the vocabulary to describe our experiences. And a lot of times society or our family will tell us um, that's not true. You know, that's not real. And for me, I had a very strong knowing that saints were real and spirit guides were real and fairies were real. And I remember my mom, I was on the church steps and I just had this very strong knowing that if you ask God for something, God will give it to you. And Mm -hmm. she told me it was wrong. I remember on those church steps. Isabel, you can't ask God for a toy. And so that was the beginning of the shutting of my ability within me. But throughout our lives, it leads through, I would say. So even though it wasn't encouraged or developed, that ability, because it's innate, it's natural, is always there. And it wasn't much. It was very much later in my life that um, science really got me to connect with spirit and start channeling and whatnot. And when did you start channeling? Um, Do you know, it's again, it's one of those things that I think I have done for so long but I wasn't consciously aware of it yeah um when so when 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 I left school I trained um as a hairdresser and I, I I remember so often that these hairdryers would just get switched on and It was so funny that people would say that the hairdryer would go on and they would just talk as if there was nobody else around. And I seemed to have this ability to to really put the world to rights with these customers. And yet had somebody said to me even half an hour later, oh, what what was Mrs. Such and Such saying? I actually couldn't have told you. 
it was almost as if my voice seemed to work but whereas my physical body was just an autopilot sort mm-hmm. of like making their hair look beautiful or whatever um and after that um my my next job I was actually a taxi driver and again you know I just seemed to have this ability to be able to see the right things at the right time and oftentimes it was about things that I knew nothing about Mm -hmm. and it would be like what how how on earth did I know this how on earth did I know that um so the actual act of then consciously channeling um has probably probably when when I was completing my hypnosis training um it was realizing that it was not me who was connecting with these clients and these these practice students that this was an, a, a, another aspect of me or a higher part of me because some of the problems or the issues that people would maybe have come with um I had no knowledge but yet I just seemed to have that ability to be able to say exactly what they needed to hear when they needed to hear it um but as for individual guides and um entities and stuff like that um so my I I channel Orpheus um who may decide to pipe pipe up shortly we don't know um and he actually came to me about 20 plus years ago and I was having none of it absolutely none of it um you know it was just like really and I kept just trying to push this back and push this back and and then I would you know words would sort of like come to me and I would actually say out loud where the heck did that come from and this voice would just say uh-huh I'm here and it was just like what and it really wasn't until what six months ago and you know through a session with you Isabel that you know we did actually you know sort of Orpheus came through very very strongly and since then he has gone nowhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was um so June and I uh she lives in uh Scotland. I live in North Carolina and we met through uh a group chat with um a bunch of our friends who have done the ascension experience with the Joshua teachings and uh I did the one-on-one program in 2017 um Gary Temple Bodley and so anyways June was in this uh group chat and I don't know the group chat I think we started in April back and forth but then I found out she was a hypnotist and but she's not practicing 
And I got a very strong knowing that June needed to go under. So I said, June, I'll put you under, you know, um, we'll do an exchange, you know, like whatever, like I didn't care. I just knew June needed to go under. And so she did. And man, she's like a colleague of mine and I'm so grateful for her to be in my life. And Orpheus sends me emails with his name and it cracks <laughs> me up. And Orpheus is like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I recorded it that session, but I'll, I'll have to see if I did. And um, Orpheus is like, you don't recognize me. And it was just so funny because uh, goddess Athena and Orpheus was in the time of they were together. They knew each other. And, um, and being the uh, Athena embodiment, I was just like cracking up. But so June and I have really discussed hypnosis a lot. I been practicing hypnosis for five years. I see the benefit of it, but we really wanted to kind of like talk about what it feels like on the awareness of being connected to your inner being and guides and how hypnosis really kind of opens up that door. So I agree with you, June. I think that we always had this ability. I also had the very same experience as you in my physical incarnation as Isabel, that I was always insightful. I could always say the right thing. I could know something without knowing something. I could say the, the message. I didn't know it was a message from divine because I was just having a conversation with a coworker, with a friend, with the taxi driver, you know, it didn't matter. And I wasn't aware of the feeling quite yet of channeling the divine, right? Now the divine is us because we're all connected and it's all one and it's always us and it's coming through our, our vibration and filter. But for me, um, I took the one-on-one -on -one program and I had never heard of law of attraction. I had never heard of Esther Hicks and the wow. Abraham, never. And I'm very sciencey. I studied quantum physics for six years. I was a podcast junkie. It was my chiropractor that said, oh, you need to listen to this lawyer who studies the afterlife, Roberta Grimes. And I went, all right, because I had a, an hour commute each way. And I said, sure. So I listened to all of her podcasts and she had like doctors and lawyers, like the very elite educated people on her podcast. And so the concept of non-physical entities or spirit or divine just validated what I knew, even though I couldn't have tangible physical proof, I was like, oh, yeah, because in quantum physics, you learn that energy cannot be destroyed. 
it just transforms. And I knew in our body, like a pacemaker wouldn't work if we didn't hold voltage or electricity within our body. And what's electricity? Energy. So for me, it was like, well, science has proved that we have energy. And what is your soul but energy? And then that's when I really learned that I studied frequency and vibration a lot. And that led me to higher consciousness. So when I finished Roberta Grimes' podcast, I heard this ad like Law of Attraction Radio. And I'm like, Law of Attraction Radio? Like, what is Attraction Radio? <laughs> and then I found Joshua's teachings and I signed up for the program. On um, I signed up for it in a in March, April 13th. I would write in questions and Gary would channel the answers from the Joshua non-physical entities. At that point, I knew non-physical entities were real. I was not, I had no doubt or fear around that. I was like, yep, no, that makes perfect sense. It lines up with science. It lines up with my personal experience. Yep, it's all good. And I knew when he was channeling those answers, they were very different from how typical people talk. Like it was very loving. It was very esoteric feeling. And at that time, I had also connected with Kimberly Lette, who was channeling goddess Lakishma from Atlantis. And I've always been fascinated with Atlantis and ancient Egypt. And I asked Kimberly, I said, how do you channel? How do you go into trance and allow the divine to speak through you? And so Gary allows the group of entities, Joshua, to speak through him. Kimberly allowed it. So I had two friends that I saw do it. And then I looked into Abraham Hicks uh, or Esther Hicks, I mean, and then I saw her channeling and I was like, I want to channel. I want to channel like my friends. And I went into my car and I played bilateral beats and I brought a notebook and I, that May 5th of 2017, I started channeling goddess Isis and she's been my main guide. So when you're talking about bilateral beats, because I know that on two recent um, podcasts with um, with Christy, uh, channeling the white light, she has recommended to different people um, listening to certain frequencies music. and hertz. Yes. yes. So. Because, I mean, th this is all stuff that gets bandied about and people hear about it. But what is the whole um, 
the, the, that, that bilateral beat things, because I know when I was doing my hypnosis training, it was something that a few people were practicing doing, um, sort of putting on like bespoke recordings that people would then listen to, um, you know, after their, their hypnosis session. So for you, what, what was the difference of listening to these bilateral beats? Okay, so everything is energy. Sound is light, but slower frequency. It is still energy. You are a field of energy. When you listen to bilateral beats, so Bob Monroe in the Gateway Experiment that was just released on TikTok in the paper where he was in the 1980s, um, the government hired him to learn about astral projection and psychic abilities. He developed bilateral beats. It was him. And the reason why it works is because that frequency moves energy from my right hemisphere of my brain and my left, and it crisscrosses energy and it activates neuron pathways to raise my vibration to a gamma frequency. And a gamma frequency is higher than the theta or it puts me in a theta state. So for people like me who are like kind of a bit not geeky, not sciencey. Um, so basically, because by the whole name of it, the bilateral, so it is literally hearing beats in one ear to then hearing it in the other. So yes. So almost like um yeah, having two conversations going on, each in one different ear, and then the brain is having to basically get scrambled yes. <laughs> to switch off the ego. Yes. Everything, whether it's a rattle, so goddess Isis would go, so it would put a hypnotic sound or chanting or um, um, what you're doing is you're quieting that ego mind. You're going into a harmonic balance of frequency so that you can hear spirit. So the chatter of your mind, if like you're in intense fear, you're not going to hear spirit because you're in discordance. And so you're just getting into a state of peace and calm and relaxation so that you can hear spirit. And would it be fair to say as well, though, that it does, because I know, like on your previous podcast, and you had said the whole resistance about, you know, getting into meditation, I have to admit, see the actual word meditation? I'm just like, really? Nah, you know, that's for, for hippies and, you know, I'm not going to go and meditate. Um, so I was like you, it took me a long, long time. 
Um, and I had done the whole, I don't need to meditate. I mm. walk everywhere. I, you know, walk in nature. I can switch off. I can be in the moment. Um, but I sort of try to just sort of change it in my head. And rather than say meditate, it's just, I'm just quietening my mind. And that to me works. It lets go of that, that geeky, hippie, woo-woo stuff that, you know, um, and I'm just able to sort of quieten the mind. But I think when I first started meditating as well, um, what I'd found was when I was like so fired up and whatnot and everything was, life was just going too fast and I would meditate almost to try and calm myself down almost the phrase would be shut the stable door after the horse had bolted and it did take me quite a while um to realize no let's meditate first thing in the morning and then you remember to shut the door so the horse doesn't end up bolting but I think also as well there is that fear that if which is a myth that we're going to totally bust um, if we are feeling stressed or anxious that, oh, if we go into meditation or even hypnosis, because really they are interchangeable, um, that, oh, we're going to go to a bad place. And, and, you know, and I think that puts fear into people that they, they are scared that their brains are going to get taken over by whatever. So, yeah. It's funny. That. So people will find out that I'm a, a psychic and they're like, don't tell me when I'm going to die or, or um, <laughs> their, their fear. So your fear around meditation is your ego coming to protect you, to keep you safe and small. Your ego defends your persona. It's not egotistical, like how um, in the spiritual realm, we talk about our ego as an aspect of ourselves, but not like, oh, I'm egotistical. Um, I'm this, you know, uh, you know, what comes to me is Austin Powers, the movie, $1 million, you know, like you want to control the world. Um, but the ego is actually, um, an aspect of us that kept us for survival. So, uh, so we didn't run out in the middle of the street so that we would protect our bodies. We would, um, be safe and alive here in, a, in our physical experience. But what has happened, um, because my, uh, former husband and my daughter have a lot of panic attacks and anxiety. I learned about the fight and flight system. And I learned about panic attacks and anxiety for about 20 years. And what I can tell you from um, psychology and the therapists and neurofeedback and uh, what the, the industry is saying around anxiety and fear is that the fight and flight system, the adrenal glands, they really are having a physiological um, aspect but they don't go further back into it. And it's really the ego 
being triggered by a limiting belief that they are not feeling safe. So my husband or my husband and daughter um, would not know why a panic attack came out of nowhere. They just couldn't figure out. They were like, mom, I was fine. And all of a sudden I'm having a panic attack in the shower. Like I'm just taking a shower. Why a panic attack now? Right. And in the industry, they would never discuss why you would have a panic attack. You have a panic attack is because if you think of everything as energy and vibration and a soul field, and the, the, the industry does not talk about your inner being and your inner being is real and your inner being has an inner being and that inner being has an inner being all the way up to our prime creator. And so we are, we do not discuss the design of the system, the design of expansion, the design of source. You can find this information if you look into alchemy. Alchemy was all about ascension. You can even find bits of it in the Bible. You can find it in the religion. But um, because I'm an operation girl and a system girl and very scientific, I love teaching the system. I love teaching the design because for me, it calms my ego mind. Because mm-hmm. my ego mind is going to try to give me different answers. But when I can show the design of the system and have a lot of empirical data around it, my ego mind has to be quiet, you know? So the reason why somebody has a panic attack the fight and the 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 fight and flight system is kicked off and once it's kicked off you have to ride the wave you just don't resist your panic attack you kind of have to lean into it and just breathe through it and you can tell yourself you can do tapping it's okay i am upset i don't know why it's okay i am safe so you can calm yourself by letting you know reminding yourself that you're safe because it's the ego kind of not feeling safe, trying to protect you. The underneath before the ego is an emotion that was triggered within you of a limiting belief that you were unaware that you have. And so That's the soul work. And sometimes, because it's not one answer, it's not just one way. Don't think linear on me. Sometimes it is your inner being kicking off a panic attack for Mm -hmm. you to go within. There are many reasons, there are many layers, and it is complex and a beautiful design. But there are gaps of understanding. So if you have panic attacks, this is why heart math, I became a certified coach to teach meditation. Heart math has 50 years of data. You can go to heartmath.org 
and read the scientific papers from a lot around the world, very educated people. And they have uncovered that anxiety and their stress and their panic attacks went away through meditation. Mm-hmm. And it's because when you breathe and you connect, there are physiological things happening within your body, but you also become connected to all that is. Whether you're aware of it or not, you're opening up the door to the connection to your inner being. Now you could do it through yoga. You could do it through the body. You could do it through breath work. All it is, it's bypassing the ego. And then the next phase as you meditate. So if you want to connect with spirit, you have, I, you know, you have to do a practice. I, whether it's breath work, whether it's meditation, whether it's yoga through the body, whatever it is, you're going to have to do something to bypass that ego. And you're going to have to cultivate it. You really will. I have not come across a human that has not not done the practice. And I think it's because the conditioning here is so strong that it's the process to bypass all the conditioning. I think also as well, the way I sort of tend to see it is, I mean, I will get, you know, sort of like kind of basically spirit kind of like almost knocking on my door. You know, I can be doing anything. And it I, I did used to find that really quite irritating, to be honest. <laughs> so for me, being able to sort of say, no, look, no, 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 just, just, sod off you know <laughs> I'm enjoying 3D here at the moment yeah you know come to me when I'm meditating that almost gave me sort of like you know a volume of control over it um but I think the way I sort of tend to look at it is because this 3D reality this the the, the energies are so so dense here and this is what, you know, it keeps us rooted. It keeps us grounded. It's, you know, it's just the, the you know, the, the energy field of the earth. But by meditating, it's allowing our, our energies to just, just raise, to, to, to just get higher. And I think the, the more, um, the more, relaxed and the more confident we become within that meditation process it does allow us to become higher and higher and that then does allow in different degrees um but also as well i think it's so important to kind of you know point out that it doesn't always come as spoken words you know i think people think that channeling is is literally you know we open our mouths and some other entity is speaking through us sometimes when orpheus comes through he actually i i do not sound like me <laughs> yeah it's quite strange 
but other people it could be sounds it could be smells it could be just feelings and I think the other thing that's very important is you mentioned it earlier um, that we all have our filters so it took me a long long while um when I was getting these really strong visual um, sort of downloads, for want of a better way to put it, to not actually interpret them as, as I saw them and realise that, no, you know, I am not being given these, these, these images and these pictures to be taken literal, that there's a lot of metaphorical stuff in there and spirit will also deliver things to us in ways that we can relate to it um which is why sort of likes of you know Gary when he when he channels Joshua um you know probably uses words that Gary would not normally use but Gary can understand them and when Orpheus comes through me, it's it's very it's 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 just very humorous. You know, he's serious, but he comes across um, sort of just quite quite a kind of almost Jack the Lad type thing, because that's what I relate to. Um, so I think it's it's making people aware that it can come to us through so many avenues and none of them are right because none of them are wrong and I think when we we can remember and then reconnect with that inner self higher self soul whatever word it is that people want to give it it actually makes the whole process so much more accessible because just because me, you, Christy, Gary, just because we do this doesn't mean that we are you we are all unique, but this is not a unique ability to us. That's right. We all do it. We all do it. Everyone has had an unexplainable event in their life where there was divine intervention something that your logic mind cannot explain away. And that was spirit because you are always connected to your inner self because you are your inner self. And June is absolutely right. When spirit speaks to me, sometimes it's a feeling, sometimes it's image, sometimes it's words. Um, for me, channeling is reading a book out loud and I did not write the book. So it sounds like me, but those are not my words. And connecting with spirit is always loving. People always ask me, well, how do you know if it's your ego mind or you versus spirit? And I would say, well, what are the messages? If the messages are loving, that's spirit. Spirit is never not loving. Can they be firm? Yes, they can be firm. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have spirit that's very firm with me. 
even though they call me our sweet Isabel. They're like, our sweet Isabel. You our will get through this year. <laughs> and I think also as well, though, it is that, you know, kind of letting people be aware that just because spirit chooses whichever way it is to communicate, you know, through us or through them, that, you know, we still, you know, we don't actually have to listen, you know, if we don't want to. Um, but from all the people I know who do channel, I would have to say, I, I know some people who have channeled and have then, you know, sort of like maybe taken a step back for a while or whatever, but it's such a wonderful experience um, just to feel that connection. And I think also as well, it's that that we have, you know, we 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 don't decide as you know, as earthlings, as humans, who is going to come and and connect with us. Although I do think we can request to sort of speak to certain entities or people who have have passed over, um, and that for me is such a wonderful loving experience to actually speaking with the entity so like so like you know I have quite a rapport with Orpheus but when I actually connect with with people who have passed from my physical life now is so wonderful that you know there is nothing to be scared of it is just such a wonderful feeling. But we can shy away from it because like anything, if we're not familiar with it, then it is going to be a little bit scary. But I suppose the way I kind of calm that, that I mean, me and you, Isabel, we joke about, you know, you've got your 400 pound gorilla and I've got my hairy orangutan and that's our egos. And the way that I calm my ego is that, well, actually, before I came to this physical life, I was connected to all these people anyway. Yeah. So there's no difference. Um, and it is just really, really interesting to be able to, to, to just allow that connections when they come. I think it's priceless. I, th I, I use this analogy a lot, but I'm going to use it again. It's sex. It's like being afraid of sex. It's like being, <laughs> it's like being a virgin and you want to, you, you want to have sex, but you're a virgin and you don't know who you're going to have sex with. And you hear stories like it's going to hurt, or you hear stories that you're not going to be good at it, or you don't know what to do, or you don't. Yeah. It's like sex. It's very much like sex guys. And, and then once you've had it, four plays never enough <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you're just afraid of sex it's okay I get it and when you're ready to have sex you're gonna have sex it's okay but, do you know that's actually very a very poignant um analogy to make because sex is a natural part of you know being, being human. human and I think 
that when we can relate something that is totally natural to something that other people might go, ooh, that's not natural, that's scary. You know, we're taking the ooh out of woo-woo because it is natural. And I think when, you know, sort of a few generations' time, I mean, it is already apparent that, you know, sort of like me and you, me and Tistria, lots of other people, we already can't, you know, connect without physical words. And it's no different. It's no different to knowing what your partner's sort of thinking about or what your child's worrying about. It is no different. When we can pick that up in the physical, it's no different to them picking up things from the non-physical. It's just that everything's just a little bit nicer when it comes from the non-physical because that isn't that intense worry and negative energy that is present on on planet earth yeah um i am so grateful um for all my guides i am so grateful that i could connect easily and i did cultivate it I did work at it. Um, I did write gratitude and appreciation for 365 days. I meditated every day using the device heart math because I'm a data science girl. So I could see if I was in coherence. And I do make sure I get outside every day and connect with nature. I do make sure I'm creative and I play every day. And these things, like, think about it, guys. This is what cracks me up. I just laugh at how silly humans can be. We're afraid to connect to more love. And we do not take time for a few moments to get in alignment within our bodies and our minds and our hearts. We do not take a few moments to be silly and playful and work with our inner child. We do not take a few moments to be outside and connect with nature. And we make all these excuses as to why we do not do these things. And it's just resistance. It's just the fear of the unknown. It's just that, you know, you're afraid to have sex. And I think, I mean, I can't remember going back to, oh, my goodness, some of the statistics um, about how often teenage boys think about sex before they actually have it. But anyway, you know, minutes in a day. But a little thing that really, really helped me, and I know that, you know, I have sort of like, you know, through sort of like coaching others, and, you know, it has kind of like really helped them as well, is to just be aware in a, in any given day how many minutes we devote so I always sort of like use the analogy of we're standing on the edge of a, a beautiful still lake and that every single thought we have is a pebble and when we throw that pebble in the water it ripples out and ripples out and ripples out and it is just being able to just take that time to sit and look at how many pebbles we're throwing in the water that are based in fear. Mm -hmm. 
and how few we are throwing out based in love. And even if we can just change that ratio by one or two percent, the ripple effect of that is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's looking for somewhere to start, it is just becoming aware of how the, the balance between the loving thoughts and the fearful thoughts and just putting them into balance slightly better and the difference that that does end up making. I agree. It's all about awareness, taking a stance of curiosity. Uh, you are always guided by spirit. So if you're listening to this, spirit guided you here to listen to June and I. And this is really cool. And so I would encourage you as my fellow sister and brothers, just take a step, just keep an open mind, just play. It's all okay. You're just moving more into love and just try it. You have to start somewhere. When you go to the gym, you have to like lift a weight, you know, whether it's five pounds, two pounds, doesn't matter. You just have to start. So just start, start for one minute a day, take three deep breaths, like baby steps. There's no rush, just ease into it. You don't have to learn how to swim overnight. You don't have to write a novel overnight. You know, when you learn how to write, you learn the alphabet first and you sound the, the, the consonants, you know? Then you write your name, then a sentence, then a paragraph. Takes you years, you know? But whatever the pace is, whatever you want to do, I hope this encourages you to just try and see what happens. Take a stance of curiosity. Is there anything else, June, that you want to say before we wrap it up? Oh, absolutely. So, so much. But I think it is that, you know, there is just so, so much to, to discuss, to delve deeper, to talk about. Um, but just that I totally agree with you that it is just taking those baby steps. And if and when a question arises, um, you know, to reach out, you know, to reach out. Um, I mean, I, you know, we, we can be reached on Facebook and, you know, we can be reached um, via email that I'm sure we can go and stick into the, the notes or something. And that it's, that there is no such thing as a silly question. And that there's nothing that gives me more pleasure than people actually asking questions because it shows that they're interested and they're curious. And that's how we learn. Yes. And so you guys can reach me at Attracting Wisdom. You could book a one-on-one -on -one session. I can, um, I do teach meditation and I create um, a custom meditation for you so that you can listen to. There are courses to uh, open your mind 
and awareness. I have a 21 module course that is very gentle, very gentle to connect you with the divine. And you can listen to my other podcasts. There are podcasts around other sessions of past life sessions. There's so much out there. You can Google mystery schools. You could Google Ascension. You could Google meditation. You can research. Your team will always guide you on what to read, what to listen to. Just trust it. Just play and quiet that ego mind. It doesn't have the answers. (laughs) Well, until next time, thank you, June, so much. Uh, June, June, I don't think you have a website yet. No, um, I can be reached through email at jameson.june at aol.com or through Facebook, which is A Time for Change. That is the name of my my Facebook group. Um, Or they could reach me through your site as well, Isabel. Yes. Yes. If you want to reach out to June, just let me know. Uh, she's also on uh, Facebook Messenger, so you can also messenger on uh, using that. And thank you so much for some spending some time with us. And I hope this inspired you to connect with spirit and at least start meditating. All right, bye. Bye bye.